Hey guys, we are so glad you're here with us at Journey Church Online. If you're interested in getting more information about Journey Church, we have a messaging service where you can text the phrase, My Welcome to 94000. This will help you get to know a little bit more about Journey Church. Amen. Everybody doing good, man? What a great last song. Woo! Man, I don't know about you, but uh, that just got the, uh, the, the fires going. Uh, we need revival, don't we? That last song is it sang about revival. I don't know if you listened to the lyrics in it, but man, it's so, so many powerful statements in there. You know, and, and so we need revival as much as ever. And man, if you're joining us online, hopefully you worship the way that we did here in this room. And uh, hopefully you gave your all as we worship God. And we claimed that song. And we claimed the truth in that song. And so revival is uh, something powerful. Revival is, is the church. I don't know if you caught that in there, but it says, God, you know, do something in us. It's your people. So, so revival happens whenever the church, number one, realizes the condition that they have gotten into. Revival happens whenever we're broken over the condition of our hearts and we've lost focus and maybe we need to be refocused. So revival is reviving that heart that is there that maybe has become cold or, or maybe even become complacent. And so we need revival as much as ever. I mean, we look around and we see so many things happening. You know, 2020 was a crazy year, and I know a lot of us go, we look back and we go, thank God 2020 is over. But some of those things kind of still trickle into 2021, right? So the year, the new year, I know oftentimes we're like, that's where everything starts and everything stops. But really, where it really starts and stops is in our relationship with God. See, that's, that's the real trigger. That's the real switch in our life is whenever we get our heart right. And so God is at work no matter what year it is. He's at work all around us, right? And he's, he's inviting us to be a part of what he is doing. And it's when, when revival happens is whenever we all as a church and as believers begin to go, you know what, God, we want what you want. We desire what you desire. We want to be about your business. We want to be about your kingdom. And so as we move into this new year, as we move into maybe some of the challenges of this new year, we do need an upgrade. The church needs revival. We need to... We need to be reminded of what our first love really is and really should be. And so as we talk about upgrading this new series, the first thing here today is upgrade my, my prayer life. We need our prayer life. You know, if we if you would look back through Scripture or if we even look back through history, all the different great revivals and even awakenings that took place, you know, they were they were they were led up to that by prayer someone was praying whether it was under a haystack or whether it was on a street corner or wherever it might have been but all those things begin with someone passionately and fervently praying to God for there to be life change for there to be a revival for there to be an awakening and so what we need to do as a church is to be people of prayer and I don't know about you but there are so many times whenever I feel like my prayer life needs an upgrade I need to kind of wake up, I need to refocus, I need to kind of get back to what really matters most, because I can get real busy doing ministry sometimes, or even just doing life, that I rush through my time of prayer. You ever do that? You ever just kind of get so busy, you jump up, you jump in the shower, you get a shower, you start your day, and then somewhere down the road you go, you know what, man, I really probably should have started this day with prayer. Or we get busy doing this, we get busy doing that, and then only times we really pray is whenever there's a crisis. Or maybe things don't go the way that we want them to go. Or our cage gets rattled and all of a sudden, hey, you know what, man, I need to be praying. But really, prayer should be part of our everyday. It should be part of what we do. It should be part of our relationship with God. It should be one of the first things we start our day with and one of the last things we end our day with. But it's not always that way. In the church, you know, it becomes sometimes that we, we just pray when we have to. 
And I would, you know, I would just say this, you know, I need a, I need a prayer upgrade. My prayer life, you know, needs, uh, needs to go to the next level. And I think it'll always be that way in my life. You know, God, I want to know you better. I want to be able to hear your voice. I want to be able to communicate with you more clearly. I want to hear from you more clearly. And, and so, so upgrading our prayer life is some, one of the greatest needs in the church. You know, and when I say the church, that's all of us that are believers that have put our faith in Christ. And so I want us to look at a passage today out of Luke where prayer, you know, is, is so important to these guys. So look at this. And Luke here, if I can get it to work. Yeah, once Jesus was in a certain place praying, and as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. And so here's these, these disciples of Christ, these, these followers that have said, hey, I'll leave everything behind. They've left everything. And so they're following Jesus, and the more they're around him, the more they see him do. They see him heal the lame. They see him heal the blind. They see him call a, a dead man from his grave. Lazarus, come forth. And they've seen all these things happening, but, man, what they want to know is how to pray. They've watched him break fish apart and pieces of bread apart, and he prayed over this. And God, God blessed it, and he fed thousands upon thousands of people. And even collected leftovers, 12 baskets of leftovers. And they knew that there was power and authority in his prayer. And, and so they're, they're saying, hey, Jesus, teach us to pray the way that we see John teaching his disciples. Because he taught them, will you teach us? And I'm sure Jesus is probably thinking, I've been modeling it for you. You know, do what I do. If you're a follower of me, do what I do. And, and so we, we see that. And, and, and I think for many of us, you know, we realize, you know what, prayer is something that I need to learn more about. And, and there's lots of ways. You know, we've, we've talked about different acrostics that you can do. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. That's one we learned as a kid. And a lot of different ones have come out that will kind of line out, hey, different things that we ought to do in prayer. But the main thing we ought to do is do it. We need to be intentional about finding a time of prayer. Maybe you find that, that place that works for you. Maybe it's a chair that you go to. Or maybe it's the coffee table. You know, or maybe it's, uh, you know, your den or whatever it might be. Maybe it's on the back porch. But you find somewhere that it's a place where you can go and you can just be focused on God. Maybe you leave the phone behind or the laptop behind and you don't do social media. That's not the first thing you go to. But you go and you meet with God first. And, and so prayer is so pivotal and it's so powerful. And we see it throughout the Scripture, especially with Jesus praying. He was constantly praying about what would be next. And he's praying for God's strength in his life. And for God's, God's will to be done. And so if he is who we follow, then we should be what? About prayer. And if it should be evident to everyone around that, you know what, that's where we get the ability to do what we do. Here's a great statement. It says, without air, we die physically. Without prayer, we die spiritually. And let me just tell you, there's a lot of truth in that. You know, without air, we can only survive so long. You know, I don't know if you've ever gone underwater and tried to see how long you could go by holding your breath. But, man, it doesn't last very long. And I would say the same thing spiritually. When we stop connecting with God, when we stop praying, we begin a slide. We begin to gradually lose focus, and we will literally be, begin to lose ground spiritually. And so what we've got to be able to do is say, God, help me to stay focused on, on you. To God, that I come to you for my daily sustenance. God, I come to you looking for, for direction, for guidance, for, for wisdom. God, I need those things. And so, so there's a couple of things that we see here that prayer is is, is key, and, and I want to touch on two things here, fasting and prayer. Fasting and prayer, this really are two spiritual disciplines that were taught in Scripture that we should be about. Now, prayer, we obviously, we know, you know, we should be praying. 
But fasting is something that is not real common in the, in the modern church as much as it may have been in Jesus' time. We go back in the Old Testament, we see that there's, there's fasting there. It's not something that with the New Covenant it ended fasting. If anything, we see you know, that a lot of the leaders and a lot of the, uh, the, the guys that we would say are our heroes of the faith, they were fasting. And so oftentimes we don't fast. I was telling, someone was asking me yesterday, hey, what's the message on uh, tomorrow? And I said, well, it's going to be on fasting. That, hey, look, don't mess with our food now. And some of y'all are probably thinking the same thing. You know, there, it's funny some of the things that we love so much. Maybe you're a foodie. I don't know, man. You're, that's all you, you focus on is food. But the thing is, is fasting is not just food. There's other things that we can fast from. But fasting is something that we, it's a discipline that we need to work at. And it's something that we need to ask God to show us, God, should I be fasting? And I know there's some of you going, well, Mike, I, I'm a diabetic, or, hey, I take uh, medicine. I have to have food with my medicine. I can't do it. There's other things that you can fast from. So don't begin to use the excuse that, hey, I don't need to fast because of physical situations. There's other things that you can relinquish that I believe will begin to open up great things in your life. And so there may be some of you in this room that, you know, today you're thinking, you know what, man, I need a breakthrough. I need a breakthrough in, in maybe my relationships. Or maybe you need a breakthrough financially. Or maybe you need a breakthrough in some other area. Maybe you just need a breakthrough in your prayer life. You feel like, man, I'm in a, I've been in a desert. I feel like my prayers are just bouncing off the ceiling. And I, I don't feel like I'm able to hear from God. I don't feel like I'm able to experience His presence. And, and I feel like I'm just kind of going through the motions. And so maybe, maybe fasting would be what would bring about that breakthrough for you. And so let's look at what fasting is. Fasting is voluntarily depriving yourself of food or drink or some other good thing in order to focus on God. So in other words, what you're doing is you're changing your focus. You're taking your focus off of whatever it might be, and you're focusing on God. You're wanting to hear from God. You're wanting to draw close to God. And so it's, it's voluntarily doing that. There's nobody forcing you to do it. There's, there's some people who say, well, you know, Mike, there's no commandment in the New Testament that says we have to fast. You're right, it's not. But whenever we look back and we see that Jesus fasted and the other leaders did, and we would say that Jesus is who we follow, then I would say I would do what Jesus does. And, and so Jesus obviously fasted. We're gonna, we'll kind of unpack that in a little bit. But fasting is something that we have to choose to do. But we have to ask God to give us some direction on that. And, and so what we're doing is we're asking for God to do some special things. And let's look at this. You can fast alone, in other words, by yourself. You can do it in a group. Uh, in other words, there may be a group of you say, listen, we're gonna, we feel like God is leading us to fast and pray for a season. Maybe you're praying for your nation. Maybe you're praying for your pastor. Maybe you're praying for a ministry. Maybe you're praying for a trip. You know, like a mission trip or something that's taking place. But you're saying, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna take a time and we're gonna fast and pray, uh, over some things. Or in, in a crisis, maybe there's a crisis that's taking place. You know, our, our nation seems to be in a crisis. There's, we need unity, right? And I'll just tell you this, politics won't ever fix what's going on in our nation. I hope you guys understand that. The only thing that will fix what's going on in our nation is whenever God changes the heart of men and the heart of women. And whenever our heart is changed, whenever Jesus becomes our Lord, there, that's whenever you find unity. And that's whenever you begin to find, you know what, there's, there's hope, there's healing, there's health in that relationship with God. So politics will never fix. And I think so often we think, well, pol- top politics will fix it. fix it. If we get the right person in there, it'll fix it. It'll only be changed by the hearts of men being changed. And the only one that can change a heart is God. And so it, it ought to be more evident than ever. That, you know, we need to be a people that's praying. You know, God's Word tells us, hey, if we'll pray, man, if we'll humble ourselves and we'll pray, man, and we'll line up with God's Word, He will heal our land because we are on mission with Him. And we're doing what He has commissioned us to do and called us to do. And so that's what will bring change. 
So in crisis or in preparation for something important. Like I said, maybe there's something, a decision that's being made or something really important you want to be prepared for. You want to make sure that you're getting God's word on this, God's clarity on this. And say, maybe there's a, a job opportunity. Maybe there's two job opportunities. You're going, God, which one? God, I need, I need some clarity here. Prepare my heart. Show me what you want me to do. And so this is what I would say about fasting. Is fasting is a faith-building exercise. We talked about faith last week, right? We talked about we need a faith upgrade. Well, if you want to grow in your faith, then fasting is an exercise that will help build your faith. It will grow your, your, your dependence upon God. It's something that says, you know what, I want to relinquish some of this that I'm focused on, and I want to focus on God. And so it's, it's just, and let me just be clear. This is not a, a weight loss program. If, y'all are, if that's what you're thinking, I mean, I probably need to fast. I need to lose a few pounds. That's not what this is about. This is not an exercise program. This is not a weight loss program. This is a faith-building exercise. And so, in other words, what you're saying is, you know what? I want to grow in my faith. I want to grow stronger in my faith. I want to trust God more. I want to hear Him more clearly. I want to believe God can handle anything and everything. And, and so, whenever we, we go through a, a time of fasting, it's building that. And so, it's training. Let's look at this. Train yourself in the spiritual discipline of fasting. So, in other words, we need to train ourselves. There are certain things that we call spiritual disciplines like reading our Bible and praying, you know, and, and fasting is one of those. And so it's something that we need to work at getting better at. We train at things that will not, be honest, we won't last beyond our last breath. We spend a lot of time training for those things so that we can become proficient, maybe more effective, and maybe better at those things. But this is something that has eternal impact. And so we, we are to train ourselves. We train ourselves to to know how to fast. Maybe there's some time that needs to be spent by, by all of us to kind of look into the Scriptures and what does God teach us about fasting and, and when to fast and when not to fast. And, and, and God makes it clear, you know, He will give us wisdom about that. And so train yourself in the spiritual discipline of it. It relinquishes the natural for the supernatural. And so what we're doing is we're giving up this natural stuff for God, for the supernatural. We're saying, hey, listen, man, I want, I want to give up the stuff here that will not last, the stuff that does not satisfy, and God, I want to I want to draw on you. I want to focus on you. I want to learn from you. I want to hear you. I want to know your heart. I want to know your plans. I want to know what you desire in my life. I want you to show me what needs to change in me, God. And so what we're doing is we're lining up. We're relinquish, relinquishing the natural for the supernatural. We're giving those things up. And so... We've got to be willing to say, God, I want to die to some things. And so it's relinquishing the natural for the supernatural. It's about releasing control to God, not obligating him to give us breakthrough on our terms. Now, here's what happens a lot of times with, with believers and Christians is we'll have this mentality when it comes to fasting. We'll think, all right, well, you know what? I'm going to fast, and I'm going to get God to do what I want done. That is not fasting. That is you trying to manipulate a God who created you, who spoke you into existence. And what we've got to be willing to do is say, hey, God, it's not about me. I'm, not, I'm giving up control. God, and, and I'm relinquishing these things that I feel like have control in my life for you to be in control. I want this to be utter dependence upon you, God. And so, God, I don't want these things to control my thoughts and to control my, my schedule. God, I want you to control it. And so what we're looking at here is releasing control to God. Not strong arm in him and twisting his arm and saying, hey, listen, here I am fasting. Here I am giving up all this. What are you going to do for me? That's not the mentality we need to approach God, is it? If anything, we ought to come before him humbly, broken, with thanksgiving, thanking him for his grace and his mercy. 
And we've got to be willing to say, God, I need you to show me more of you. What if we were to come before him with that humility? God, I want to know you. And I want to know you well enough that I can trust you. See, there's a lot of times we trust God for salvation, but man, we don't trust him with our finances. We don't trust him with our relationships. We don't, we don't trust him with a lot of things. But yet we claim, hey man, I believe in Jesus and I believe he can save me. But man, I don't believe he can fix our nation. I don't believe he can fix a man. I don't believe he can fix a woman. I don't believe he can fix a person. He may not fix them, but he will heal them. He will change them and he will, he will transform them from the inside out. But here's the thing, we've got to believe. We've got to, we've got to have a belief in that. And so too often what we do is we, we want to just kind of do things our way and we don't want to give up control. But we've got to say, God, I want you to be in control. Look at this statement here by Richard Foster. It says, more than any other discipline, fasting reveals the things that control us. Fasting reveals the things that control us. He's got a great book on fasting. Uh, Ronnie Floyd's got a great book on fasting called The Power of Prayer and Fasting. There's some good books out there that maybe you ought to read one and, and take one and say, God, I, I'm, I'm praying for a breakthrough. And maybe you need a breakthrough in your finances or your relationship or maybe your marriage. Maybe you and your spouse have gotten to the point you're just kind of like roommates. Man, you're just kind of going through life. You're just kind of doing the checklist. But, man, there's no romance there. There's no love there. There's no passion for one another. There's no working together towards goals that God has given you both. And maybe you say, you know what, man, I need, a, I need a breakthrough in my marriage. Well, then ask God to show you, hey, is there something you need to give up or relinquish so that he can literally do a breakthrough in those areas? I want to read a passage here in Mark. It says, one of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, said, teacher, I, I brought my son so you could heal him. He's possessed by an evil spirit that won't uh, let him talk. And whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. And then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. And that's kind of a tough scenario. As a parent here, I mean, you, you, you watch that or you read that and you go, wow, that's, that's horrible. You know, what was wrong with this son? What was wrong with this, this, this kid? And, you know, and, and the scriptures are clear. You know, you might be one of those where you go, well, I don't really believe in demon possession. Well, Jesus did. And if we're followers of Christ, we need to understand that there, there's an evil one that is out there working. Satan and his demons are constantly at work, trying to destroy, tear down, and go against anything that God stands for. And so Jesus addresses this here. You know, his disciples couldn't do this, and we're going to kind of unpack that a little bit. Jesus said to them, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? There's faith again. How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. And so they brought the boy. But when the evil spirit saw Jesus, he threw the child into a violent convulsion. He fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied since he was a little boy. So here's a guy who's been dealing with his son in this condition most of the boy's life. We don't know how old he was. But however long, it's been long enough. You know what I'm saying? And so he's been hurting, and this guy is, is, is wanting his son better. The Spirit often throws him into the fire or into the water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. Help us if you can. Can you imagine saying that to Jesus? But here's the thing. I think, I think people say it all the time. God, help America if you can. Doesn't sound like much faith, does it? God, help help our leaders if you can. 
God, change, the, change our leaders' hearts if you can. God, change my spouse if you can. God, save my marriage if you can. Don't we do that? We do just what this guy does. But it almost seems like an insult to Jesus. And look at how Jesus responds. What do you mean if I can? What do you mean if I can? He's like, what do you mean if I can? But here's the thing. I, I think he says the same thing to us. See, we just don't believe. Jesus asked, Jesus asked anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. That's what we need to be crying out. God, help me overcome my unbelief. God, help me to quit putting my faith in people, but God, to put my faith in you. God, help me to put, quit putting my faith in politics. God, help me to put my faith in you. God, help me to put, quit putting my, my faith in, in finances, in money, in stuff. God, help me to put my faith in you. Help me to believe in the impossible. Help me to believe that you can heal someone. Help me to believe that you can change a man's heart. God, help me to believe that you can redeem that, that which has been taken away. And so we've got to believe. And so Jesus is saying to the guy, to the dad here, he goes, hey, listen, man, you've got to believe. You've got to believe in me. You've got to believe that I can do this. And so the guy cries out, help me overcome my unbelief. And I'm just telling you, that's why we said last week, we need a faith upgrade and we need a prayer life upgrade. We need to pray believing. We need to pray believing that God can do what we can't even imagine. Greater things than we can imagine. i got a pretty good imagination. I don't know about you guys. But I think about things that God could do. He can do greater than I could ever imagine. And so we've got to be willing to say, God, help me overcome my unbelief. That will take us to another level. So afterward, Jesus gathers with his disciples. And he says, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, why couldn't we cast out that, that evil spirit? They're going, why couldn't we do it? Because see, understand this. Jesus had given them authority and power to go and cast out demons and to to literally make a difference in the lives of people. So, so Jesus had given them that authority. And so they're kind of like, hey, what, what happened? I mean, what's going on here? And it could have been that just like us, there are times that we start thinking we're all that. It could have been that rather than their faith being in what God could do, their faith became more about what they could do. They started thinking, hey, listen, we've got this. You ever done that? There's been times whenever God is doing something, and you go, hey, God, I got this. I can handle this. I don't really need you in this situation. And maybe that's what the disciples got to. Maybe they got to the point where they thought, hey, listen, Jesus gave us authority, and they started kind of looking at themselves and kind of getting a little puffed up. The Bible says, don't think too highly of yourself. And maybe they did. Maybe they forgot that they were to be dependent upon God and His power, His authority working through them. They were just vessels. Too often... People kind of begin to think too highly of ourselves, and we get in the way of what God wants to do. Jesus replied, this kind can only be cast out by prayer. In some translations, it says by fasting and prayer. And so maybe for some of us, there's something that we're going through. Maybe there's something we're trying to get to, something kind of breakthrough that we need that's only going to happen through fasting and prayer. And I don't know what that might be for you. It could be something different for anyone. Maybe somebody watching online is, is sitting there going, Mike, I need a breakthrough. Then it may be that God is going to do, take you through that, and he's going to get you there through power, through the power of prayer and fasting. That's the only way. And so look at the statement here. Fasting can unlock breakthroughs in the spiritual realm that, we will never, that will never happen any other way. It's not going to happen any other way. It's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take relinquishing some things. It's going to take giving up the natural for the supernatural. 
It's going to take dying to self. It's going to take focusing on God. There's so many of us this day and age where everybody's like, well, I'm ADD and I'm ADD HD and I'm ADDDDD whatever. You know, that we go, you know what, I can't really focus. Yes, you can. And God can help you with that. God can even heal you of that. Yeah, and some of that has to do with hey, skills that we learn, training that we do so that we can focus. And sometimes whenever God takes us on to something else, maybe he's using that to, for, hey, that's what I need you to pray about. You know, maybe you're one of those, when you get down and you begin to pray, man, your mind goes everywhere. Well, God can use that, that your mind is going everywhere, but you can still pray. You know, and so there's things that we need to say, God, help me to focus on you. I want to learn from you. I want to draw close to you. And so it's unlocked. Fasting can be one of the only things that will get us where we want to be. When you fast, you reaffirm your dependence on God's power, not your own. It goes back to the disciples. Maybe Jesus said, hey, listen, the only way you're going to get here is whenever you fast and pray and you realize, you know what, God is the source of our, our power, our authority. And so maybe for you, you know, you, you just need to feel like, you know what, God, I need to be refocused on you. I've gotten to the point where I think I know enough, I'm good enough, I'm, I'm good at this or I'm good at that. And God, I, I want to reaffirm my dependence on you. It's not on what I bring to the table. You know, I, I feel like I don't have anything to offer. And God, I just want to be a vessel. I just want to be a utensil. I just want to be used by you. And I know that you're the one that brings the power. All I am is a vessel. All I am is a vessel that you can use. And so here I am. And so we reaffirm our dependence upon God. Look at this next one. Ask God to show you when you should fast and for how long. Now, I want you guys to understand that, you know, in James, God says, ask for wisdom and he will give it, right? And so we're to ask, God, I want you to show me when to start this fast and when to end this fast and what I'm to fast from. Now, there's a part of me, I wish that the whole nation would fast from social media for like a year. I wish that everybody would would fast from social media for like a year and maybe spend time in God's Word for every time that they want to go to social media. Now, I know that's not going to happen. But I do, I do believe that God is going to lead some believers and some Christians to begin to relinquish some of those things and say, God, I want to spend as much time in your word as I do on social media. I want to spend as much time in your word or in prayer, praying to you for my nation, for my marriage, for my family, whatever it might be, as I do watching TV. God, I want to be able to focus on you as much as I do anything in this world. And if I have to relinquish that for a season so that I can draw close to you, then God, I want to do that. And so I believe that God is going to be calling some people to that. But you've got to ask God, hey, God, what is it that you want me to do? When do I start? When do I end? You know, and, and fasting can be, it can be, a, a, it can be anything. There's some people that fast one day out of the week. There's some people that fast, you know, for multiple days in, in a row. You know, we look in the scriptures, we see that oftentimes they would fast for 40 days. Can you imagine that? I've only known two people in my life that have fasted for 40 days. I can't even imagine what that's like. But God may be calling you to fast for a season. You've got to ask, number one, hey, physically can I do it? God, give me wisdom there. And then, God, what? when do I start and when do I end and what do I fast from? And let God lead you in that. Don't just say, well, they're doing it over here, so I'm going to do it over here. You know, there, there are a lot of churches that do 21-day fast and a lot of churches that, that will be called to a fast. But the thing is, you've got to know, hey, what is God calling you to fast for? And what is it that he wants to accomplish? But the main thing, I'm just telling you, the main thing, it's for you to focus on Him and to hear from Him. And so ask God, and then look at this next part here. Fasting as a group during crisis. There are times as a group that we, hey, we, we need to call everybody to fast and pray over this. Uh, I've got a good friend of mine in, uh, in South Florida that is, um, he's got a, one of his campus pastors is, uh, is battling for his life with COVID. And, uh, and he just, man, he sent, he sent 
prayer request out. We've I shared it on uh, my my Facebook page just to ask people to be praying. And a lot of people have asked, "How's he doing?" So Keith is doing better. Last I heard, and uh, and anyway, they got him on you know some machines that kind of help him to to breathe. He's kind of moving in the right direction. But man, they're doing everything they can. And I think there's times like that that we've got to say, "Hey, listen, there's a crisis. There's a there's a war. There's things going on, and and we go into prayer." And so I want us to look at a passage here. This is in the Old Testament. After this, the armies of the, the Moabites and the Ammonites and some of the Minyanites declared war on Jehoshaphat. And so there's war raging here. And messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. And they are already at, at Hazazan tomorrow. This was another name for Engedi. And Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged, for the, Lord, begged the Lord for guidance. What did he do? He went to God. God, give me guidance. God, give me direction. Give me wisdom. God, what do we do? And so here he's asking for direction. It says he also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. He went to God first, and then he ordered everybody, hey, guys, I need everybody fasting. I mean, we're about to be overtaken. You know, we're, we're here at war. And so there's times that we do have to say, hey, listen, everybody, let's fast. God has led us into a fast. Let's fast and pray for God to be heard and to be the focus. Jesus personally fasted. Most of us know that, that part where Jesus fasted for 40 days right before the temptations. I mean, we know that story. And, and so to sit here and say, well, you know, Mike, it's not commanded that you're supposed to fast in the New Testament. I agree. But Jesus did, and he is who we say that we follow. He, we say he is Lord of our life. And so we are followers of Christ, so I'm going to follow what he did. So he thought it was important enough to fast. Then I think we should as well. And so here it says, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. I mean, that's, that's unbelievable. And so, you know, he didn't just give up social media. He gave up something that was sustenance. But he was living off of God's Word. He was living off the bread of life. You know, and so we've got to be willing to say, God, show me what it might be. But God, help me to see that, you know what, there may be a step needed by me today or this week that I may need to pray about fasting so that I can experience the breakthrough that you want me to in this area. Here's another one. Paul and Barnabas fasted in preparation. Paul and Barnabas are about to appoint some leaders. And, man, they want to make sure it's the right leader. So maybe you're a leader at work. And maybe you're a, a, a boss or a CEO or whatever you might be of your company. And I would just encourage you, there are times whenever you're trying to figure out the right leadership, maybe to take a time and fast. And pray, hey, God, have I got the right person in the right seat on this bus here? God, help me to make sure that we're doing this the right way. And, and sometimes God will reveal. I mean, you think back into the Old Testament with King David. Remember King David? You know, here's David. He's out shepherding the sheep. He's taking care of the sheep. And, and, and the religious man comes in, this, this, this godly man comes in to anoint the next king. And, and, and he goes, is this all of your sons? And he goes, well, no, I've got one more, but he's out taking care of the sheep. He goes, we're not doing anything else until he gets here. Bring him in. Because everybody else thought it would be one of the other brothers. And whenever he gets there, he's anointed. See, God has a different plan than we do sometimes when it comes to leadership. There's so many times when we'll look at certain people and say, man, he's got all the qualities. He's tall. He's handsome. He's, he's got everything that you need. Or she's got all the looks or whatever. But you know what? Their heart's not right. See, God looks on the heart. And so we, there may be a time for you that you go, God, I want to spend some time making sure that this is the right person. God, I need to hear from you. Is this the right decision? God, I want to know that we're putting people in the right place here. And so Paul and Barnabas, they, they, they fasted and prayed for this. Paul and Barnabas also appointed elders in every church. And with prayer and fasting, they turned the elders over to the care of the Lord in whom they had put their trust. 
Man, they're, they're trusting God. Say, God, we trust you. And so, God, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna entrust this church, this leadership, God, to you. And so they're preparing these leaders and they're preparing to make these decisions and they're appointing these elders. Look at this next one here. Fasting is done with a sense of humility. You know, we're not to do it in a way where we want everybody to know. We're not to, we're not to make a big deal about it. We're not supposed to tell everybody that we're going through a fast. But if any, and, and a lot of times when people are going through a fast, they're posting pictures on Facebook like, I can't wait till this fast is over so I can eat this. All right, well, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. And the scripture here gives us a pretty good idea of how we should handle it. It says, when you fast, don't make it obvious, as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. So in other words, you know, there was a lot of people that would fast that were not believers, were not Christians. This was just something that maybe other religious groups did, even false teachings and false religions would do. And so they would fast, and they wanted everybody to see that they were fasting and they were going without. And so they made a big deal out of it, and they wanted everybody to look at them. And, and, and it's getting addressed. Hey, listen, that's the wrong way to go about it. That's not why you do it. It's not about you. It's about God. It's about focusing on Him. And so whenever you fast, if you have to tell everybody, if you have to let everybody know, you've missed it already. Your focus is on what you're doing, not the God that you're pursuing. And so we've got to be able to say, God, help me to help me to stay focused on you. God, help me to draw close to you. God, I want to hear from you. I want to be able to hear your voice. I want to know what you know, God. Will you teach me? Will you show me? And so as we're fasting, we're to be careful that we don't become hypocrites. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face, he's going, hey, listen, take care of yourself. They were getting disheveled. They were walking around like, well, it was me, poor old me, because they were fasting, you know, and, and they, were, they were missing out. Then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father who knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you. He rewards you. Like I said earlier, we don't fast to manipulate God. We fast to focus on God. We fast to surrender more of our life to God. Those are the reasons we fast. So we fast for, you know, for, for what God wants to do in us. Everyone can temporarily give up something in order to draw closer to God. Everybody can. And maybe you're praying about that right now. You're thinking about what could I give up? And what we have a tendency to do is this. We'll go, I'll give up something I really don't want. I'll give up something that really doesn't, it's not that hard. And I'm not sure that's what we should be asking for. You know, maybe we ought to be asking God, what, God, what would you have me give up? What seems to be in control instead of you in my life? God, what do I need to relinquish so that I can have more of you? What do I need to relinquish so that I can hear you? I can see you, and I trust you more. God, what do I need to relinquish? So God may reveal to you, maybe it is social media. Maybe it's TV. Maybe it is food. Most of the ones that we see in the Scriptures, it was food and water, food and drink. They didn't have phones back then. They didn't have social media in the sense that we do. But you know what? You know what controls you. I know God knows what controls you. He knows what controls me. And if I ask Him, He'll tell me. And He'll show me what I need to relinquish. Fasting is not intended to punish the flesh, but to redirect attention to God. 
See, I think there are some times that we think, well, I'll, I'll just, uh, I'll torture myself for a little while. That's not what God intends with a fast. There are religions out there and there are false teachings out there that would probably say that. But let me, just, let me, let me help you understand something. When Jesus went to the cross, He went there to take your beatings. He went there for your punishment. He went there to cover your sins, your transgressions, your disobedience. And so whenever we think that we are going to torture ourselves to make us right with God, we're, we're belittling the cross. We're belittling what Jesus went through when He took the beatings and the scourgings for you and for me. And so whenever we think, hey, well, I'll just, I'll just torture myself by not doing this. And I'll, you know, I'll just kind of beat myself up a little bit so that I feel better about myself. You've got a messed up mentality is what I'm telling you. But if anything, we ought to go, God, thank you for your grace and for your mercy. And what we do is when we relinquish these things that we we say, God, I want more of you, then it helps us to focus our attention to God. So our attention is on God. It's not on what we've given up even. And if that's our focus the whole time we're on the fast, we've missed what it's about. It's not to torture ourselves. If anything, it's to bless us with more and more of who God is. It's to refresh us. It's to revive us. You know what? Maybe revival would start in our church if God's people would pray and fast. Maybe revival would start in our nation if all the churches would begin to fast and pray. Maybe revival would start in such a way that there would be people all around that would be drawn to these churches because of what God is doing in the hearts of men and women. And they're going, man, I want my heart changed. I want my focus to be on the things that matter, the things that are eternal, rather than the things of this world. God wants our attention, I promise you. Fasting does not change God. God changes us through the fast. See, I can't change God. The Bible says He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? God never changes. But here's the thing, we can change. We can be transformed by the power of God. We can be transformed and become more and more like Christ, who is loving This world needs love more than it's ever needed. Real love, genuine love, authentic love. It needs grace. It needs forgiveness. It needs healing. And so whenever we put our faith in Christ, man, we we begin to see, you know what, God, you're changing me. Little by little, day by day, God, you're changing me. And so fasting doesn't change God. So if you have that mentality, I'm going to fast so that God will do what I want Him to do, you've missed it. What do you need to break through in your life? I think most of us in this room, we know where that area is at. Maybe it is your marriage. Maybe it's with your family. Maybe it's with your kids. Maybe it's spiritual. You just need a spiritual breakthrough. feel like you're in a desert. Maybe your prayer life, your, your prayer has been bouncing off the ceiling, man. You need, you need a breakthrough. Maybe it's financially. Where do you need a breakthrough? I believe if we pray and ask God, He'll show us exactly where that's at. I think for most of us in the room, we already know. You know, sometimes we're afraid to to touch an area. We're afraid to unpack an area. Can you tell you how many times in in my life where I've been talking to someone and I encourage them to go to counseling, and they don't want to go to counseling because they're afraid they're going to have to unpack some of the stuff in their past. Maybe that's you. You know that you need a breakthrough. You know you need healing. 
but you don't want to have to relive what you've already gone through. You don't want to have to unpack that again. But I'm just telling you, God doesn't want to unpack it to show everybody. He wants to unpack it to heal you. He wants to get rid of the infection. He wants to get rid of what's robbing you of abundant life. He wants to get rid of what's robbing you of your confidence. He's wanting to get rid of, of what's robbing you. And He wants to heal you. And so we got to believe that God can heal us, right? we got to believe that God can heal our nation. we got to believe that God can heal us individually. we got to believe that God can heal our family. we got to believe that God can heal our, our, our loved ones. And I, and I would just say this. There are times that we go, Mike, I prayed and, and God took my mom home. And he took my dad home. Here's the thing. We line it with God's Word. And if they are believers, then they are ultimately healed. They're never more alive than they are right now if they're with Jesus. I can just tell you that. And so we've got to trust and we've got to believe that whenever Jesus said, man, he, he will take care of them. And He will usher them in to God's presence. We've got to believe that. Let me ask you, do you believe that? Do you believe that God can save us? Do you believe that He can heal us? Do you believe that He can save your marriage? Do you believe that He can save your family? Do you believe He can save our nation? See, it takes believing. That's why I said this is a faith exercise. Here's some next steps. One is to put my faith in Jesus right now. Maybe you've never put your faith in Christ. Maybe... You're one of those, you've been going to church your, your whole life. You've, you're religious, but you you've never believed, you've never put your faith in. You keep trying to learn more. If I can learn a little bit more, then maybe God will, will fix me. If I can learn a little bit more, then maybe I'll get, be able to figure this out. You realize today, you know what, man, I, it's going to take me trusting Jesus with everything I've got. And so maybe for you today, it's, it's to put your faith in Christ. Maybe you're watching online and you go, Jesus, I need you. I want to put my faith in you. That's the best step. That is the first step. Look at the next one here. To take a big step toward a needed breakthrough. What is that step? Maybe it's to put your faith in Christ. Maybe it's to begin a fast. Maybe it's to begin to pray. Maybe it's to begin to learn how to be a better prayer warrior. There's some people in this church that, man, they're prayer warriors. And I love for them to come up and pray over me. I'm just telling you, it's like pouring gas on me, it feels like, in a positive way. I love it. And I don't know about you, maybe you need somebody to pray over you. Maybe there's somebody here today in the room, you need somebody to pray over you. We've got prayer teams that are after the service, they'll be here. They can pray over you. Maybe you're online and, man, you're thinking, you know, I wish I was there and somebody could pray over me. Text us. We will pray over you. God can handle it from a distance. But maybe you just need somebody to pray over you. To pray God's truth over you. To speak His truth over you. That's a great step to take. Here's the last one. To begin a fast this week of something in order to draw, close, to draw closer to God. You know, I'm not telling anybody in the room to fast. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you to, to pray about it. To go to God and ask God, God, what do I need to relinquish today? What do I re- need to relinquish for a season? What do I need to relinquish for a, maybe a few weeks? Or what do I need to give up forever so that I can draw closer to you? See, I believe that God will reveal that to us in our time of prayer. If we really want to know, we've got to be serious about it. And it may be willing to remove some of the distractions in our life so that we can focus on Him. I want to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want you to just ask, you know, God, what, what area do I need a breakthrough? If you don't know it already, I believe that God will reveal that to you. Just say, God, show me what steps I need to take. God, if it's to fast, God, I'm willing to fast. 
But God, I need you to show me when to start, what to give up, and when to stop it. I think all of us in this room could say, you know what, God, I want you to, I want you to break through in my marriage. I want my marriage to be the best it can be. Then take the steps that are needed. God, I need you to do a breakthrough in my life personally. I feel like I've come, become complacent, lethargic even as a believer. God, I need you to change me. Revive me. God, revive the fire in me. Maybe think back to whenever you first got saved and how on fire you were for Christ. Man, you, you realize, man, I have drifted. God, help me to get focused. Help me to get back to where I was before and maybe even beyond that. Maybe you're here in the room, you never put your faith in Christ. Maybe you're watching online, you've never received Jesus. Let me walk you through that. It's by faith that we're saved. It's the only way we can be. We can't earn it. Can't, we can't fast and even get there. But it is by faith. Maybe today you say, Jesus, I want to put my faith in you for salvation. I believe that you can save me. Jesus, I believe that you can come into my life and redeem me. I believe you can heal me. I believe you can change me forever. And so, Jesus, I'm asking you to save me. I put all of my faith in you. I believe. If that is your prayer, if that is your belief today, maybe for the first time you put all that you've got into Jesus. Man, let us know so we can walk with you. We can pray with you. We can encourage you. Text us. Write it down. Let us know. But you know there's a step that needs to be taken. Every one of us in this room, there's a step we can take. Father, I pray that you would give us clarity as to what that step might be. God, I pray for revival in our church here at Journey. God, I pray for revival in the church, your church international. God, I pray that people, believers, would be broken over the conditions of our relationship with you and even over the conditions of our heart. God, now we realize that there are things that have gotten in the way that have become distractions. And God, we'd be willing to relinquish those things for you. God, that you would empower us, that you would use us, that God, that there would be healing God, all through the churches, there'd be relationships that are restored. There'd be souls that would be saved. God, that we would be on mission for you. God, help us to stay out of the way. But God, help us to be your vessel. God, that you would literally work in us and through us to change the communities we live in. By the love of Christ and by the power of God. Father, we pray these things. We believe. We believe these things. In Jesus' name, amen.